They did it again in game week 10. Mane and Salah were Liverpool's main men. It's the FPL surgery. Coming back to you all once again on the 30th of October 2018 after game week 10 of the FPL season. We are over a quarter of a way into what's already been a dramatic season. Welcome back, the Iceman. Thank you, and welcome back to yourself, Bully. Thank you very much. Iceman, it's the 30th, it's the end of the month, it's payday. What have you got for me? Um, I've got many winners in terms of our Surgery Podcast League. There's some prizes to go out. Currently winning the Patreon League is actually John Eric Torsignson. So yeah, Mm. it's our prize to be. The Iceman giving gifts early to all before the Christmas season sets in. Um, I'm referring to my mic, Iceman. Oh yes, gifts for you. Yes, we've brought you a new mic because we've been fed up of having to edit the yeah. riffraff that we've gone through the past month yeah absolutely the connection's not been great but it is unfortunate goodbye to those of you who enjoyed my barry white's occasional voice <laughs> but i've got to say the uh, the samsung meteor mic really is doing the job so uh, we'll see how that goes before it ever it's crystal clear before it inevitably breaks on me but there we go Okay, so our guest for this week is a friend of the podcast on our end of year show uh, in the last season and on with us previously before, welcoming Justin Dye. Hey guys, how's it going? Thanks for having me back. Really good to have you on again this season, Justin. How have you been uh, Have you been faring this season so far? Uh, not too bad. Had a little bit of a rough start going, hit the uh, wild card game week four, was flying for about four weeks and the last two kind of brought me back down to earth, but I'm happy overall. Happy overall. So, and how, how did you fare at the end of last season? Where did you finish? Last season, I finished 6,010. Wow. Okay. So, we're talking some of the really decent FPL pedigree here, considering that's the sort of placings the Iceman is in the company of nowadays. So, should be a really good guest on the podcast this week. Great to have you on board, Justin. Iceman, I'm going to kick us off with the FPL headlines, and I'm uh, going to come to you guys to talk about how you did this week. The main headlines from game week 10 is Martial, United's main man. Barkley, the ballsy pick to get into the Chelsea midfield, question mark. Liverpool, the way to go to double up on defence. So we will cover that over the course of the podcast. So let's talk a bit about how we got on in this game week. I'm just going to get mine out of the way because I had an absolute stinker. Um, I think it's fair to say I was probably probably one of my worst game weeks ever. I was about 20 below the average this week, or more than that, 22, a whopping 36 points owing to my lack of Liverpool attacking presence. I'd committed to Chelsea and Arsenal with their form two weeks earlier, and I couldn't have planned that more wrong the only thing that came in for me was the 11 point return of Alonso I thought he had the potential to score well this week but other there's nothing I can offer you tactically about my selection other than it was all wrong Iceman have a little gloat and then tell us how you I'm just looking at your team now I've never actually clicked on it until now but yeah you literally only had Alonso returning for you this week just think if you had that Salah or Mane in your team and Captain Dillon you would have been pretty cushy I know I know you you did tell me to do that and you can take a horse to water but the grass isn't always green <laughs> on the other side is it so yeah. yeah so there we go how did you get on mate uh yeah i did all right i'd i mean i scored well 71 overall but 
I only went up like 2,000 places and I was assuming that I was going to go up further. My kind of tactical decisions for this week was whether to remove Trent Alexander-Arnold or not because he didn't start the two game weeks before. But um, I thought, I, I looked at a rumour that they were going to start with the same team that played in the Champions League. They didn't. They did make three changes and took out Robertson. But I took that gamble, hoping that Alexander would play. He did. Obviously, Robertson didn't. Captain Salah, so I got the 30 points. And my lucky one that came in was um, one which I, I don't know whether to get rid of or not at the moment. And it's Callum Wilson, 13 points. So that was nice and tidy for this game. The darling of FPL this season, isn't he? Yeah, he's doing all right. I mean, like he does go through phases where he doesn't score big. I mean, he scored a few the first three game weeks and then he had a few blanks. And now he seems to be back on track. In that Bournemouth team, they are playing well. They're just They seem to be very good attacking at the moment. You know he scored tonight as well, don't you? Uh, Stanislaus, yes, I have. Of course he did. Yes, I got messaged by three different people telling me that Stanislaus has scored. I very much enjoyed that. Excellent. Okay. Well, um, how about our guest, Justin? How did you get on this game week? I had high hopes. I decided to bring in Gomez to double up on those Liverpool defense. And lo and behold, Robertson and Gomez both on the bench. That really hurt. My One of my three bench players came in six. So I played with 10 men and only had Alonso and Mane to return for me. Captain Aguero didn't do anything last night. And that gave me a whopping 42 points for the game week, bringing me to 330k overall. I can only dream of such a score, but yeah, that really stunk this week. I got stung by the uh, the Robertson lack of inclusion and the uh, the Hazard injury. So, yeah, okay. So me and Justin um, both had a struggle this week. The Iceman marches on again. If you if you just captained Mane, you would have been right up there. That's I had it nice. on him all week, and then my gut said Aguero. Apparently, my gut might have just been hungry. Oh yeah, I do love your your team name, FPL Sexy's number one fan. Yeah, loving that. Outstanding. Okay, so we're going to get onto the fixtures, but Iceman, Iceman is back. Oh no! Here we go. <laughs> I think this will be a fairly easy to uh, to address one this week. So this is from Justin himself. It's the year of the Iceman, the Icemandics. I take it he must be part of the royal family. Can you confirm, Iceman? <laughs> I'm going to say no. I'm just not that important to anyone anywhere. He's lying. I saw that bottle of water that he's uh, lining up to put out. The Icemandic water, straight from the uh, glaciers. That's the purest, purest of water. Nice. Always love slipping that in there. Right, should we talk about football? Yeah, Let's please. Talk about the football. Please. Talk about the football. Right, okay. Um, first of all, so uh, we're going to talk about Bournemouth, actually. Bournemouth versus United. So Iceman, obviously you scored well with Wilson this week. But before we get on to any of the obvious ones, can I just throw someone out there who I've been impressed with? I test points recently. He's on the up in terms of people transferring him in, and that is Brooks. He's now at 5.1 million, and over 40k have brought him in this week. So I've been quite impressed with him. What what are your views on him, Justin? So I haven't seen a whole lot of Bournemouth so far this year, but I have seen a little bit brooks seems like he's getting forward he's been on the front foot uh, i mean at only 5.1 million he's not a bad way to get into a team that seemed like they've been fairly offensive this year he only missed one game week so far and that was when they were playing against chelsea i believe that was game week three or four somewhere around then but at that price point it just kind of it puts me off because i feel like he's at that price for a reason that he doesn't have enough pedigree yet or that he's shown to really give us almost a guarantee of returns every two to three games or three to four game weeks that you would be hoping from a midfielder of a lower price position. So 
right now I'm kind of just sitting back and watching him a little bit more, but he's definitely one that I've got in my uh, on my radar. Okay, I spend any thoughts on Brooks. Yeah, the, the, I mean, the problem is with, with Brooks is that he's not shown it before. He's new, and he's also got players to to take him out of the team in terms of Stanislas, who scored tonight. So it is a tricky one. I mean, 5.1, you're not going to lose out too much. So with this Bournemouth team, it's probably been worth a gamble. But they have got some tricky fixtures coming up. This is what people are thinking about Bournemouth at the moment. They've got United. Luckily, they've got them at home. Then they've got Newcastle, Arsenal, Man City. After that, they've got Huddersfield, Liverpool. So it gets better with Huddersfield. But then, yeah, it's Liverpool and then Wolves. So some tricky fixtures for the next six or seven. It's whether or not they're going to score that much. But within this Bournemouth team, they are attacking quite a lot. And they are looking good. I mean, I suppose it depends if you've got double Bournemouth players. What would you do if you had two Bournemouth players, Justin? Would you keep one and maybe sell the other? Depending on who they are, I mean, if say I had Wilson and Brooks or Frazier and Wilson, if I had Frazier and Wilson, I'd probably look to keep both of them. Uh, Wilson seems like he's on fire right now. He can't stop scoring, it seems like. And at 6.6, he's a great way to have uh, a cheap attacking returns in your front line. I mean, with the likes of Aguero and Kane and a lot of the big price strikers not returning at this time, I mean... I, I can't really, you know, put anybody off of him. If I had to, I would probably stick for a couple games, maybe up until they got to the Man City game. I think that United and Arsenal can both get got at at the back. Uh, Newcastle probably aren't going to offer a whole lot defensively for them. But after that, I would be looking to maybe drop down to one of them. It would probably be Wilson just with having a more attacking mindset than the midfielders. Yeah, I mean, he's doing well, Wilson, and he looks like he's on penalties when King isn't playing. Uh, so whether or not he he will keep them, we, we don't know. But it's the big chances he's getting as well. He he is actually on the most big chances for the season with thirteen, even above Aguero. And in the last four, again, he's joint top with Aguero with six. They are creating the chances for him, and he's getting in the good position. So I'm actually going to hold on to him because uh, I I do have him, and uh, yeah, I, I feel like you've just got to kind of keep him during this form. I mean, yeah. the next three with United and Arsenal, I mean, they both look very leaky at the back, and I think uh, Newcastle have as well. So those three I, I'd, I'd be optimistic about. Yeah, fair. Okay, so Justin, what about Manchester United in this one and moving forward? Oh, jeez, what a year <laughs> it's been as a United supporter. Up Are you enjoying and down. it? <laughs> uh, no comment. <laughs> So I think it's plainly obvious that United's defense is just not anywhere you want to go this year. I mean, they kept the most clean sheets last season, but this season I I don't think that we're going to keep a clean sheet for another three or four weeks. I could be wrong. As far as going forward with them, the defense is not an option for me. Martial is probably the only one I'm looking at, and that's $7.3 million. He started the last four. Uh, he also started in the Champions League game against Juventus. Didn't look too bad. He's uh, been on the front foot and with Sanchez on the bench and hit that spot his out on the left. I can't see past not wanting him in my team. Lukaku and Rashford in the middle aren't really doing a whole lot, so I feel like most of it is on Martial and Pogba's shoulders. And uh, So his returns the last four games he started is 2 points, 13 points, 15 points, and 9 points. So he's uh, he's definitely coming into form and I can't really make an argument as to why I wouldn't go for him. He can score against anybody, I feel like. Yeah, it's points per game. He's in the top 20 in the league at the moment at 5.9. Um, and he's still only owned by 5.5% of 
players. So actually, he's still a nice little cheeky differential if you've got him in your side. Yeah, he did look the most dangerous for United in their game. Four chances created was the most in that game. Also, three shots on goal, three shots on target. It's just... He's very clinical, and it's almost like, is that sustainable? Also, you've got Sanchez coming back as well, but kind of has to play him at the moment. He is just banging form, and their fixtures coming up are pretty good. After this Bournemouth game, we've got Man City, but then after that, it's Palace Southampton, then Arsenal and Fulham, both at home. So the fixtures aren't bad going forward. So I I do think if you're looking for a midfield in that price bracket, yeah, he's definitely going to be in consideration. Nice. I spend anyone else in the um, in the United side you're looking at? I wonder if anyone is actually looking at Paul Pogba. Stats are really good for him in terms of in the season. He's got 16 shots in the last four and is joint second overall for players for shots overall. Only six of those shots which he's taken in the last four have been in the box though. So whether or not you want to to gamble on that price bracket, not necessarily for me, but if you're looking for something just a little bit different, he's he's not highly owned in terms of active players. He's owned by 13.3% at the moment. So it is a kind of differential and I reckon Bournemouth can be got at. They've done well defensively recently, but I, I think that this United team, I know you're kind of, <laughs> you're bad mouthing them a little bit there, Justin, but I think that they're looking quite dangerous going forward at times. And sometimes at the moment, there's more highlights than lowlights in terms of what's happening on the pitch. I mean, recently, obviously with, with Jose, it's been all bad news, but I do think that if you're willing to take a punt on just a, a differential player, Paul Pogba might be one to go for. He's, yeah, he's also uh, on penalties. Mm, which he well, takes a million another? steps. Okay, well, let's move on from that. So Pogba for United. It doesn't sound like we've got anybody else to shout there from them. Should we move on to Cardiff versus Leicester? Yeah, sure. We've got Cardiff, who took an absolute spanking at the weekend. We watched the game, didn't we, Iceman? Yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah uh, didn't look too good at the back, did they? No. Well, they more or less parked the bus for the whole game. Yeah, did anybody interest you from them for, for this week or moving forward? In terms of Cardiff, I mean, like Murphy, he's in my team and he still looks pretty hopeful. He was involved a lot in their attack still, but he did get slightly injured. He turned on his ankle, but carried on playing. So hopefully he's not too injured. 4.8, you know, moving forward, their fixtures aren't terrible. If you've got him, I'll probably play him against Leicester. And Etheridge is, uh, Etheridge is still fourth highest in terms of saves in the league. Oh, I did not know that. Yes, so he's still right up there. He's actually joined with De Gea, so he's uh, he still has potential for save bonuses, although I don't know how many cleanies you're going to get off him moving forward. Mm, yeah, true. They've, I mean, okay. the fixtures aren't terrible, though. Leicester, Brighton, Everton, Wolves, West Ham. Um, yeah, he's a potential rotation keeper still. Yeah. I would say that uh, Camarasa is probably one, uh, if you're looking at like a 4.5 option, he might be one to go for. He's on uh, all free kicks and corners. He seems to be their highest scoring midfielder. In fact, their highest scoring player overall equal with Bamba. So maybe he is one just to fill in that uh, 4.5 slot. He seems to get 90 minutes every game. Yeah. Justin, have you got the interest in Cardiff? I mean, I think uh, you guys have nailed the three people that have really going to bring FPL value out of that team in the uh, goalkeeper and the midfielders, so I I got nothing else. Well, okay, well, if we've stolen, stolen your thunder on that one a little bit, how about we give you Leicester? Who, who do you like in terms of their side at the moment, if at all? 
I would have to say the the darling at the back, Harry Maguire, is who I would be looking to go for. Leicester in their next five have Cardiff, Burnley, Brighton, Watford, Fulham, all teams. I mean, Watford and Burnley might present a little bit of a problem with them both being at home as far as uh, getting through the defense, but I think that those next five fixtures offer tremendous potential, not only for clean sheets for Leicester, but Maguire's also looked great, especially on set pieces and corners. He has had... A couple of very good chances lately. Unlucky not to score. I think uh, the Arsenal game, he had a nice header from a corner on target that was saved. But uh, Harry Maguire is my main man in that team that I want to go for. I know Vardy's starting to get back and look to his normal self. I did get benched in that game, though, last game, Vardy. But it seems like he's still their go-to. I mean, he's coming on and they're looking to him when Ian Nacho isn't working out, which I'm on the fence with him. I mean, he might make a nice little differential. He was playing, I believe, off the striker in the last match, playing in the, I think they played a 4-2-3-1, something like that. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, I think Vardy is one of those to watch, especially in these next couple games coming up. If he looks like he's starting to get back to form and Leicester playing more of the counterattacking uh, football like they've been known to do, I think he could uh, really present some uh, some points at $9 million. It's not too bad of an option. It's a nice shout considering their, their run of games is, is looking quite nice before they run into some traffic. Cardiff, will obviously this Cardiff game, Burnley at home, Brighton, Watford and Fulham. Um, so all potential scoring grounds for Vardy. And I like your point about Maguire as well. He's actually in the top 15 in the league in terms of bonus point system. So where he carries that attacking threat from corners and defensively for the old clean sheet, I still think he's a really decent shout. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I do think Madison was on everyone's lips in terms of these fixtures going forward. We looked at him and in the game he played against West Ham, he just wasn't quite getting as forward as much as you you wanted him to. He was still creating chances, delivering balls into the box, but not having that many attempts. I mean, he's only got seven in the last four. But these fixtures are where it's really investable in Leicester. He can be one of these players. I, I haven't opted for him. I didn't go for him on my wild card, but he can be one of these players which looks like he's going to score big nearly every game. So it looks like he's just going to tri- trickle along with some points during these five games. Uh, the only problem is that th- this game itself could get postponed due to obviously the horrific accident which which happened so it is you've, you've got to be ready for that so before you actually do move in any Leicester players I'll, I would watch out whether or not we'll get postponed uh, Pereira is one which I was just about to say don't go for in terms of all together but Amati looks like he's done something to his ankle and he's, he looks injured we don't know how long he's out for yet and I'm not sure if it's broken or anything but Pereira should go into that right back slot just means he won't be playing out of position in at right wing which he was dropped to the bench the last game so that was going to be a bit of a worry but I do think he's just going to slot straight in now so if you're looking for a quite a cheaper attacking option in terms to Maguire Pereira could still be a shout here just a couple quick things to finish that off uh I'm I own Madison I've had him for a couple weeks now um got a couple of returns off him he's actually somebody I'm looking to maybe move out this week and it was confirmed a couple hours ago that the match this weekend will go ahead. So. Oh, okay. Oh, good. Oh, God, you said no worries there. The show must go on. Yeah, so thoughts go out to anybody affected by that incident for, for Leicester City. Absolutely awful news. Um, okay, chaps, let's go on to Everton versus Brighton then. So, yeah, we've had the flurry of Everton midfielders this season against a Brighton side whose main man is the Iceman's nemesis. Justin, talk to us about Everton, Everton-Brighton. Who do you like in this fixture? 
I mean, I don't think enough great things can be said about Pickford lately. I mean, he had a yeah. fantastic summer. He's looking like he's still in form for the league. I've just had two penalty saves in the last two weeks, which I know those are more geared towards the uh, the shooter coming off on the better end. But, I mean, those two saves he looked great on. Yeah. Unfortunately, Pogba followed up this weekend and buried the uh, rebound. But I think you could, uh, you could get away with having Pickford in net and be very happy with it. Somebody that I have been keeping an eye on, and I know I've talked with Iceman about him before, is uh, Seamus Coleman. He's missed a few games so far this season, but he's been getting in the box in the games that he has played. I've seen him fairly far forward. He's one that I wouldn't be surprised to see get an, a goal or an assist here in the next coming couple of weeks. They've got Brighton at home, then Chelsea away, Cardiff at home, Liverpool and Newcastle. So I, I'd i be willing to throw a couple dollars down to say that uh, Coleman gets an attacking return here in the next couple of weeks. And I know the big man for everybody is Richarlison. He looked great when he was out on the wing. Personally, I don't think that him playing out of position as striker is suiting his game. I feel like he's one of those guys that looks to do a lot of the work down the channels and cut in and make something happen instead of having the balls fed up to him. But, uh, you know, let's let's see where it goes from there. Yes, he did look a little bit lost out there, Richardson, but he's still starting every game. I know it doesn't quite suit him for Everton, but he... Got the two attempts on goal. Like if you're going to take him out, you've got to kind of look at what he's been averaging. And I, I had a quick look at it. If you disregard the game he got sent off, he's actually averaging 5.8 per game. So that is pretty good. And in these, in these games he's got coming up, he's got Brighton and obviously then the Chelsea game, but then after that Cardiff. So you can see some some returns in those games and you know Siggy seems to be on form so he's got someone creating for him as well I, I just don't see why you would take him out yeah I have to agree with that I think if he's a good one just to set and leave isn't he because we know he's going to start every game for Everton I do think he will start chipping in with some more points uh, he should have had form. two assists he should have had two assists on the weekend yeah. Bernard couldn't bury his chance yeah, so. yeah, I saw that, yeah. that's any problem for them so beyond Richarlison and and Siggy, there's no one really consistently finishing up top for them. Tosin's kind of not really thought that greatly off by the sounds of it up at Everton and Walcott not chipping in as much as we hoped he would. So that's the only concern for them. Yeah, Siggy seems to be still returning at the moment. He's quite consistent yeah. recently and he's actually top for shots on goal with 17 in the last four. More than any other player, seven in the box. He does love a, a long shot as well. And yeah, in these easier fixtures, I, I can see some points from him as well. If you're looking for like a more of a, a differential type player. Good for a bonus as well. Seven this season, he's got. Yeah, yeah. Only, which is uh, quite impressive in that attacking line. Only 7.1% owned. Nice differential. So, Brighton, Justin, have you. Uh, any, any, let me kick us off with the obvious Glenn Murray. So, six goals, um, the most unlikely of of, sort of top scorers in the league, one off Hazard and Aubameyang. Have you got interest for him? Uh, a little. Uh, not a ton. <laughs> I'm looking to come off of probably some of the higher priced strikers and I am looking more around the six to nine million range as far as what I'm looking to buy for. Murray is somebody that's on my radar. He's just a small blip. Unfortunately for him, Brighton don't really strike me and offer up as much of attacking returns as say the likes of Arnautovic and West Ham possibly have potential for. But he's somebody that's looked good and even with his older age is still ticking along and right up there with the best of them. I will say if I'm going to invest in Brighton and I have been looking at the back, I would have to 
advocate for Ryan and Goal or possibly Dunk or Duffy. I mean, once uh, those two got together last year, Brighton had a, a great run of not conceding at all. I think you could really find some good value and potential clean sheet returns coming up. I mean, they've got Everton, Cardiff, Leicester, Huddersfield, Palace, and Burnley in the next six. So I, I can see them returning, you know, at least three three clean sheets out of that next six, possibly even four. I mean, what you were talking about Maguire earlier for Everton, but actually, if you look at Duffy this season, he scored two as well, just like Maguire. Near, very close to scoring again at the weekend, missed that header at the back post. Um, yep. Only 4.6 million. Brighton picking up the odd clean sheet. If you were of that way of thinking, you wanted a cheaper price defender, Duffy might actually be, with the fixtures coming up, a more fruitful way forward than the Maguire. Yeah, see, I, I've looked at that as well. I mean, I have seen that. I've, there's loads of people around me with Ryan, and I do think that he got a lucky clean sheet in the last game, looking on how much pressure Wolves will put them under. But it does prove they are able to do it. They've done it like two weeks running. But I checked out the numbers. I thought, right, I've got to find out about this Brighton team, see how good they are in defence and how good they're doing, because they didn't start the season well, and a lot of people weren't going for them. They've now got these two fixtures which they've played, which they've done well, and they've got some good fixtures coming up. So I thought, right, well, let's see if they are investable. And their numbers are not great. They are second bottom for XG conceded over the last four, top f- for shots conceded over the last four, and second for the season. And also second for shots conceded in the box as well. I just, I'm looking at that, I'm just thinking, well, is that sustainable? They did get quite lucky in the last game against Wolves, and Ryan saved a few great opportunities for them, especially against Doherty as well. So, I just don't see it, and I, I'd rather stick my money maybe elsewhere for the likes of uh, West Ham, who's also got some good fixtures coming up, and have got better stats for, I do think, a better keeper in, in goal in Fabianski. So I, w- I wouldn't be going there in terms of Brighton defence. OK, thanks for that, Iceman on defenders. Do you, have you got anything else to add on Brighton? Uh, yeah, just a quick one on, on Murray, really. I mean, he got his 100th goal. And like Justin was saying, everyone's looking at Brighton and their fixtures going forward. I'm thinking, you know, maybe Murray might be a good one to go for. Like last season, I'm not enamoured with it. Just based on numbers, really. I mean, they're bottom for attempts on goal for the season of 81. They're joint bottom for shots on target for the season. I always try to look over the stats over the last four. So the numbers for this are second bottom for attempts on goal with 28. Burnley being the lowest with, with 20. Again, second bottom for shots in the box over the last four of 20. Shots on target, you know, chances created as well. And fourth bottom for XG over the last four. So they're currently the worst, the second worst attacking team behind Burnley. Yeah, that doesn't exactly fool you with joy. Like also Justin said, and now it just seems a better option for me. Um, What happened to him this weekend? What happened to Anatovic? He was ill. Yeah, he's unwell. Okay. Okay, cool. Let's move forward from Brighton then. So Newcastle versus Watford. Iceman, I know you were quite excited about the Newcastle options prior to the pod. Yeah, I see. I, I looked into that as well. And again, the, the stats aren't, aren't great for them. And they, they seem quite resolute with uh, Dubravka and goal. Maybe he could be an option at five mil with their fixtures coming up. I mean, Yedlin's still on my radar. You know, with, with Dummett back, they seem to have got their original back four back together. I just... Uh, again, I'm not enamoured by any of that, and I'm not like 
too excited that it's going to continuously happen. I mean, with Benitez in their team, you can see him creating some kind of control and making them a bit more solid. They did have terrible fixtures towards the start of the season. I think that maybe they can become investable. I just think I need to wait for a couple more fixtures to, to find out whether they are or not. Okay, Justin, what are your thoughts on uh, Newcastle in this one and moving forward? I'm in the same boat as Iceman is with Yedlin. He's somebody that I'm definitely going to keep an eye on. He uh, scored earlier this season against City. And you know what? The last four games, if you look at the heat maps, the Leicester game, he wasn't so far forward, and nor the United game, which understandable. But the Brighton and Newcastle games, you can see him getting down the flanks. And re- he's getting to the corner flag a lot of the times and getting a lot of those crosses in. So he's somebody that not only coming up in these next couple of fixtures could he return defensively but there's there's a small chance that he might be able to get a goal should Newcastle be able to get somebody that's got a guy in the box that can actually finish I can't really advocate for any of their strikers their midfield is eh, a little suspect for me too okay so their opponents Watford look like they're on the slide and all of a sudden they score five goals in two games they keep two clean sheets they look a decent option again, Iceman. Yeah, they're back on again, aren't they? They up and down with them. And goes, they can't, say they can't say can't really keep your them. friends close, but uh, better the devil is closer. Um, is that Devil Perea? <laughs> it could be. I mean, they, they've got Delafeo back as well, and he looks very good in that game. He started up front as well. A good goal he scored uh, first since February, I believe. So, and he should have had two. He also missed an open goal. Also, match of the day showing how well he played. And he looked very pissed off when he came off because the amount of chances that he missed. But he has just come back. So I think he was kind of giving himself a bit of a hard time when he walked off the pitch. But it's good to see that he's getting all these chances. And I do think that he could be a good shout. 5.4. A lot of people are looking at Barkley at the moment around that price range. But... I think that Delafeo could be could be one to go for. Their fixtures in the next two they've got um Newcastle and Southampton, so you can see some goals there. It's just after that Liverpool, Leicester City, uh Everton. So they're not great after that. And they are a bit of an up and down team at the moment. As soon as you start to invest in them, they seem to just stop scoring points. I don't know. Maybe maybe wait a little bit longer. Maybe wait until the second part of the season to go for them for me. Justin, um, I, I was interested. There's, there seems to be quite a lot of love for success. He's only 4.5 million. He's on the rise. Um, he's actually nearly close to a rise, which we'll probably get in the next couple of days. Any, any sort of thoughts on him as an enabling option? Or is that just a waste of striker spots? I feel like he's probably just going to be one of those guys that you're sitting on your bench and hoping that if he does come in, it just happens to be a game that he's returned in. I probably wouldn't start him. I mean, at a price like that, he's most likely just an enabler, and you're, like I said, you're going to probably have him buried on your bench. Dale Fayou is also somebody that I'm interested in looking at. Last year when he came back from injury, he looked very good. I mean, so far this year, the game that I've seen him play, I was very impressed. Pereira being on everybody's lips, I'd also like to kind of throw out Decore. If you don't want to get in at Pereira's price, which I believe he's 6.4, Decore's a, a little bit cheaper, half a mil cheaper at 5.9. And the last four games, he's uh, he's definitely gotten further up the field in attack. He's been in the box for a couple of chances. So he's somebody that if you're looking for a little bit of a differential, I think you could probably look there and you might find some uh, some nice value. He's only 1.8% owned. So Yeah, he's done well in the last few games, hasn't he? He has. Okay. He's had two assists, so... Any, anyone else to add from Watford, chaps? Did you, did you, sorry, did you mention Kiko Firmino? I, I certainly did not. didn't. 
No, yeah, he's probably one to mention. Third start in a row, 90 minutes he got. Very cheap, 4.2. Could be an option, but you've got to be wary that Yamat could be back at any point. He did get the assist in the last game and a couple of bonus along with that clean sheet. It's just whenever Yamat comes back, he's probably going to be out of the team. Okay. Anywho, let's move on from that to West Ham versus Burnley. So interesting fixture this one, obviously, without Arnautovic over the weekend, um, but we're expecting him back. Burnley been conceding of late. Justin, who do you like in terms of, let's start with West Ham and then look to Burnley. So just to kind of start off on West Ham, I know that we did have a question on Twitter about it uh, from Mr. Fish, whether to go Ryan or Fabianski. And I know Iceman said earlier when we were talking about Brighton that he would go Fabianski, and I completely concur. He's had 44 saves so far this year, tied only by one other uh, goalie in the league, and then Matt Ryan follows up in third. Do either of you guys know who he's tied on with saves? Oh, Hart. Joe Hart, yep. Mm, Yeah. Not not saying that I would advocate for Hart, but... No, no Burnley so, are awful. <laughs> he is actually somebody I will probably be switching out Patricio with this this week or next week. Um, I know most people normally don't make the goaltender swaps, but, I mean, West Ham's fixture run coming up, I just I can't pass up the opportunity. So Fabianski is definitely one of the players that if you're looking to swap up your keeper, you're on your wild card. He, I mean, at 4.5, he's all I would pick. I mean, him and then a 4.0 non-playing keeper is what I would do. It was interesting. So before the weekend started, I was talking with uh, Hots about West Ham. I was looking at going defensive for them and seeing who he thought would be a great acquisition being a West Ham supporter, and he had talked about Diop and Balbuena. Interesting enough, Balbuena came up with the uh, the game winner and the only goal this weekend, so he's somebody that I'm going to keep an eye on. If he's getting far enough forward that he's finishing from inside the six-yard box, he's somebody that is uh, definitely going to keep me interested. And Arnautovic, I don't really think we need to talk too much about him. I mean, he's shown what he can do. Rather low percentage ownership still, in my eyes, 16.8%. I figured he would have been higher than that. Yeah, it's quite low. I mean, like a lot of people maybe moved away because they thought he was ill as well. He did have some bad fixtures towards the start of the season. But yeah, I'm definitely liking this Balbena shout. I have looked into him as well. He's only 4.4. He's got 12 penalty area touches over the last four and also eight goal attempts. So he is right up there for attacking stats at the moment. And yeah, West Ham, with these fixtures, they do look good with Fabianski in goal. Did look at Diop. He's only 4.3, playing 90 minutes every game. So yeah, another good one. Uh, Garner was the one at the 4.5 option in midfield, which I don't know if anyone's been looking at. He looks pretty good. He started in the last game now that um, Yarmolenko's out. Maybe he's going to take that slot. So... Look out for that one. But yeah, it's it's all about Arnie for me and uh, Fabianski. I have Fabianski and I am looking to move in Arnie this week. Mainly because Burnley, like, you've just got to stay away from all those players. They've got the worst stats for everything, attacking and defending. And they're even top for shots in the box conceded over the last four. And for Burnley, that's quite rare in terms of shots in the box. Normally they allow other teams to shoot from outside the area. And that's where... their keepers gets loads of saves, but they seem to be allowing it all over the place now. So, yeah, against Burnley at home, I would say that 
Arnie could be a potential captain option this week. They are obviously he was out last week through illness apparently and not his knee, but they are still managing his knee and hopefully will be starting. I do have the option, which I'm going to pose a question to both of you now actually. I've got Wilson and I've got Mitrovic. Obviously I've got Aguero as well. Who would you move out to bring in Arnie? I think just on form, the way that they're playing at the moment, and I think also point ceiling, I'd keep Wilson. Yeah, it's just that... And we know um, he's going to take the penalties when uh, when King's not playing. And he's great for an assist as well. He's you know he's an all-round player this season. I would keep him. It's just Mitrovic uh, does have Huddersfield. Go on, go on, Justin. What's your thoughts? I, that's what I was going to say. I completely agree. I would be keeping Wilson. I have Mitrovic as well, and he is somebody I'm looking to replace with Anatovic. But the Huddersfield game, I feel like Mitro's got to return. I mean, regardless of what happens in that game, he's out of my team either this week or next for Anatovic. Yeah. It's just a man on borrowed time. Yeah, I just think that this week Arnie could really score big against this Burnley team. I completely agree. It's a puzzle. I do think that I'm probably going to do Mitrovic, but I'm not entirely sure. I did think about just holding it and then leaving Arnie for next week. Uh, so that's decisions for me. Either one of you guys interested by Felipe Anderson? No, not really. <laughs> Bit too okay. pricey for, for me. Need to see more. I mean, he does look good. He does look a quality player. He had a decent effort in the last game as well, but doesn't really score consistently for me. He's only scored one double-digit haul this season. He's only got two attacking returns. So, yeah, I need to see more consistency from him. Yeah, I have to agree. He, he looks good in spurts, but he's you know, just not consistent enough. We need a fully firing on Altovic to make that worth it. Yeah, I mean, in three game weeks' time, after they've played Burnley, Huddersfield, West Ham, uh, then they've got City, then after that they've got good stretch. So, depending on these next two, maybe an, um, Anderson is going to come into his own a little bit, just on these easier fixtures. Right, chaps, we've broken the back of the games here, so we're into our first 530 fixture of the Saturday. Interesting this week, there's also a 7.45 kickoff on the Saturday as well. But it's Arsenal versus Liverpool. Iceman, as our resident joint Arsenal lover, although I think I took up that mental and then some last week. Um, <laughs> you did, uh, Who are you liking from the Gunners, if at all, in this one? Can you see... Little, you know, fell off the bandwagon a little bit, although still got a point, which was great. Um, playing against the Liverpool side that are just awesome. Is there any love for the Arsenal this week? No. There, there okay. really isn't. <laughs> I mean, you you were shouting Aubameyang last week, which well, I shouted most of them, didn't I? You shouted honest. most of them, but you were shouting Aubameyang last week. It Obviously, was my he yeah. got the goal in the last game as well, but eight points for that price. Uh, I know he scored well the two previous. He did start on the bench. I don't know. There's just not enough consistency in in terms of the amount of shots they get on goal. Lacazette only got the one attempt, same as Aubameyang. Got Liverpool, Man United, Spurs in the next five. I'm just not really going near Arsenal because as an Arsenal fan I can kind of see I can't really trust them in attack or defence they didn't really play very well against Palace and Palace just played us off the park at times and the potential that can happen against other teams is just too easy for me and at the moment you know a lot of people were looking at Ozil again he didn't really display anything in the last game I do think he can he can do that just go one game good and one game bad so not any consistency with these tough games coming up I can't see that many points from any central player they're just very spread the points from Arsenal as well yeah, I, mean, Obama, I know you're saying about consistency there, but since February, 
The only player that's been involved in more goals than him is Mohamed Salah. So he's been involved in 21 goals in that time. But I hear what you're saying about the, uh, the scoring potential. But I do think Aubameyang moving forward is still a nice pick. The rest of them, I do agree, less so against Liverpool. Yeah. yeah. Justin, what do you think about Arsenal in this one? I think they're competing with United for uh, who can have the worst defense out of the traditional <laughs> top six teams. Yeah. As far as the Aubameyang-Lacazette debate goes, I mean, Aubameyang's really not too far behind. I know with him starting on the bench, people worried about his minutes, but he's played 688 minutes versus Laka's 715. I do think that going forward, it would do Arsenal the world of good to start those two in the same game. I mean, there's no reason to have Aubameyang on the bench. I know one of the game weeks he was ill, and that's why he started on the bench, but I think that's how they get the best out of that team moving forward is to have them both playing. Uh, if I was on my wild card grabbing somebody right now, or if I was looking to downgrade Aguero, maybe I would probably consider Aubameyang over Lacazette. But if you have Lacazette, I wouldn't be looking to move him out. He's had a couple good goal attempts. He just just missing that killer finish the past couple games. And who did they play two matches ago? He could have arguably had a hat trick in that that match. So those two for me, the midfield, it's it's just really sporadic. Um, like you were saying, Ozil has a you know a lights out game, and then he has a game where you wonder if he's even on the field. So I would probably stay out of the midfield and defense, and I really am only looking up top for Arsenal. I'm curious, just, to, just still- to add a stat to that, Justin, while you're talking about the defense, worryingly for Arsenal in this fixture, um, we lead the Premier League in the most errors leading to shots with eight. <laughs> So we're in the company of Fulham, Newcastle, Brighton on that one, um, which is really worrying when you consider the finishing power of, of that Liverpool attacking three. Either one of you guys uh, like Awobi for a, a punt or possibly a, uh, a spot on your bench? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I did look at it. Not this week. Definitely not this week. Moving forward, he's got a couple of assists this season. We've got Wolves at home, then Bournemouth. I think if I say yes to that, it's just the Arsenal and me, though, so I'm going to say no as well. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I mean, like, around that price bracket, if you can squeeze up to maybe the likes of Barkley, who I'm sure will come on to, probably do that. But no, yeah, not, not for me. Ice man, you sound broken. <laughs> well, <laughs> lost um, in twelve games, it's um, not that bad. <laughs> it's not broken at all. It's just knowing that Arsenal uh, are a decent team and very exciting under Emery. I just don't think that the FPL assets are particularly there. If, like Justin said, if you were unlucky, yeah. I would probably stay there. I just wouldn't necessarily go there. So, in that case, Ice man, who in that Liverpool side is going to tear us to shreds this weekend? Oh, Mane, Salah, Firmino playing deep now. He might as well. Play play centre defensive midfield but uh, yeah so, so I, th- I, th- I think that um, Salah can score big here if you do have either one of them then yeah even a potential captain option with our, our defence I mean Salah he's back to scoring big points again against the resolute Cardiff defence who shut him out for the whole game great assist for the Manny goal he did look sharper whenever Liverpool attack he always looks involved a lot more than Mane in my opinion I thought Mane was quite lucky for the first goal in terms of he just kind of rebounded then he struck it and flew in it was a great goal but for his two goals it was 0.69 for XG it's just showing that how he overachieved in that game just going forward when Liverpool go forward I don't see Mane being involved as much as Sarah so people that are on Mane obviously they're going to be very happy with that last game how it went but I'm just 
I'm more happy owning Salah in terms of if I was to own Mane. I'd be, I'd be scared not owning Salah. I'm not scared not owning Mane, if you know what I mean. Nice. Justin? So, I mean, there's not a whole lot to argue with Salah and his underlying stats in his last few games. He's played tremendous. He's virtually the Salah of last year. But I would like to throw out that while he may be a better pick than Mane, Mane has actually returned more points per million than he has. I mean, at 9.7, he's averaging 6.5 points per million versus Salah's 5 points. And he's actually played less minutes. Salah's on 851, while Mane's at 790. So he may be overachieving Mane, but I still think that he could be the, the potential gem in that Liverpool midfield. And as far as going forward, I mean, Roberto Firmino is one step away from actually being classified as a midfielder in next year's game with how he's been playing lately. So I, I'd stay away from him. Interestingly enough, I mean, this past game week, I opted for the double double Liverpool defense. Yeah, me too. Yeah. It, it didn't pay off this week, but going forward after this Arsenal match, they have Fulham, Watford, Everton, and Burnley. I mean, there's every chance that Liverpool returns four out of the next five clean sheets, giving you a, a very minimal 12 points between those two without bonus, and that... That's uh, for a double up. That's only going to cost you eleven point three million. So if you look at it from those uh, those terms and the potential that Robertson has on an attacking return, you could potentially outscore Salah with those two defenders or another combination of two Liverpool defenders in the next coming game weeks, and it's actually going to save you some money too. So I I would like to advocate that people kind of take a look at that and keep that in their mind as an option. So It's just that their, their defence, I mean obviously we got done by the rotation with Robertson and also you got done with Gomez, so it's just rotation all over the place. It looks like Van Dijk is the only nailed one there. He actually did hit the post in the last game. Um Still not scored in the league for Liverpool though, Van Dijk, which is a problem. But the way I look at the Liverpool defence thing is kind of like you with the, the double up. It's with Robertson. I also have Trent Alexander Arnold and I think I'm just going to hold on to them both. Trent Alexander Arnold and Robertson are Liverpool's main attacking fullbacks, in my opinion. And there is an argument for Moreno and Klein, but Moreno hasn't featured all season till now and Klein not at all. So Klopp needs one of them to play in terms of TAA and Robertson to enable Liverpool to have that kind of attacking fortress, which they've got. I think yeah, doubling up is a potential for big points because, yeah, it's whether or not who you double up on. Obviously, Lovren's there as well. He seems to be playing most games at centre-back now. I, I think that he's probably going to start with Van Dijk at centre-back pairing. So he might be the one to go for. But for me, if you've got TAA and Robertson, you kind of know that one's always going to start. I I completely agree. I mean, it was, I think, just an anomaly this weekend that Robertson didn't start. I mean, well-deserved rest. But I I wholeheartedly agree that moving forward that one of those two will start. And I feel like Alexander-Arnold, if he's not starting, it's obviously probably going to be Gomez that's going to rotate with him. As far as your point on the nailedness, you're spot on there as far as the rotation at the back and Van Dyke being their most nailed. But you could even go with the... Van Dyke and Allison double up, and that's only going to put you at eleven point six million. So you're still yeah, yeah, have a have a good potential of returning possibly more points than Salah for less money. So 
one thing I would like to say is, Jurgen, when you listen to this this weekend, see what happened when you didn't play Robertson. You got scored on, so <laughs> he needs to be in the team every game. Yeah, yeah that's true. Hear, hear. Agree with that totally. Right, chaps. Let's get on to the other the other part of uh, North London. So we've got Wolves taking on Spurs. Yeah, interesting fixture this one. Tottenham just about going down 1-0 against City. They had some good chances. Blame it on the pitch. <laughs> Wolves have certainly sort of tapered off in terms of their form of late. Justin, what, what's your view on Wolves, first of all? So I've had the Patricio Bennett double up here since game week four. It served me well, but I'm, I'm looking to move away from Wolves. There's just not really anybody that's standing out other than Doherty, as far as the whole team goes, that I would really want to keep and play on a regular basis. I mean, at 4.9, I feel like Doherty's still a little bit of you know a cheaper defender that you can almost call a gamble as far as returning, but he looks the only one that I can advocate for the whole the whole team. I mean... He, he offers the, the attacking returns as well as the defensive returns. And if you're not going to have him at, at the back, then you're going to risk coming away with two points on a few of the games, especially with Spurs, Arsenal, Huddersfield, Cardiff, and Chelsea coming up. They could easily, you know, not clean in three out of those five. So Yeah, I think that's a good shout. Iceman, what do you think about Wolves? Yeah, I mean, it is, uh, I do think um, Patricio is still a great goalie to have. I know some people are moving away from him. They've got two tough fixtures coming up, but... Doherty, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm happy playing him in this game. Looking at how he got on in the last game, he should have scored against Brighton. He got six shots in that game. And I, yeah, I'm very happy to have him in my, he's at 4.9, so I can see him going higher and higher. He's a very attackive defender to have. It's more like a, an Alonso type player. So yeah, I, I can see myself playing him against Spurs and Arsenal and the Huddersfield Cardiff games after that. So I can see a couple of clean sheets after that. I, I think they've, they've got a little bit unlucky recently. I mean, another clean sheet they lost, but only by the one goal. At the moment, I've got a lot of love for Wolves. Um, I don't fancy them in, against this Tottenham side. I think Tottenham will come out keen to make amends for what happened against City, where they could have snatched a point at the very least. But I agree, Doherty is always worth having just as one of those sort of attacking fullbacks, you're looking more to for assists and goals than anything. Yeah, um, there's not there's not many from Spurs which I'll go for at the moment though. I mean, no. like, if you've got Trippier, I'll probably just hang on to him for now. I mean, Ali's just signed a new deal, so that might give him more impetus to do well. Got 15 minutes in the last game, maybe he will start in the next game. It's just high price tag to actually bring in. You'd probably rather have a players at the moment and Kane only one touch in the box only one shot against City you know he's still not really an option for me and Lucas Moore has just gone missing since the promising early form yeah get rid get rid yeah Justin I completely agree with you bully that Spurs had every right to come away with a point from that match Kane had an excellent chance where Ederson didn't even know he was in the stadium you know he (laughs) he couldn't figure out where where the net was, and Kane was very unlucky to put that just over the bar. And then and 10 minutes later, Sissoko didn't square the ball coming down the right flank and very easily could have came away with something from that game. Um, the, the, one, the one I need to ask you about, sorry, just quickly digressing, the Lamella opportunity. So it looked an awful miss. You then look at the NFL game before. The ball is literally bobbling all over the place as it comes onto him. Do you forgive him for that? Do you think he should have taken a touch and made sure? Where, where do you sit with that one? It's one of those things you can blame the pitch or whatnot. In the end, he did miss, but you know everybody's going to miss every now and again. I think you can kind of let that one go. Cool. Okay. As, as far as as far as Spurs go, I mean, if you're sitting on a couple of them, I wouldn't come off. They have Chelsea and Arsenal coming up within the next five. 
But the other three games around that, I think that they could easily come away with a clean sheet. Lamella is somebody that I'm definitely keeping an eye on. He's had four attacking returns this season and only played 252 minutes. He started the last two matches. I think that with Ali and Erickson and Son not playing, that he is the creative spark in that midfield. I'm very excited to see what Spurs can do once all four of those are back. I hope that Lamella keeps his place in the team. He's looked great. But uh, right now, I think Spurs are just kind of sit and wait. Certain weight on Spurs. Okay, let's move on to the boring Manchester City versus the uh, Saints, joking aside. Yeah, getting the job done against City. Mares, the man coming up with the goal again, been impressed with him of late, but then he has been a top player for the last few years. Justin, I'm going to get you to talk about City first. How do you fancy their chances against Saints? Who are the men to look out for? Man City triple up on defence. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it, in all honesty, I think that everybody should have one of the city defenders. If you want to get in for a cheap price, you're going to look at Stones and Laporte, 5.8 and 5.3. Laporte has actually the, the most points and the back line, but keep in mind that Mendy has missed a few games. He looks like he's carried on, hasn't skipped a beat, still running down that left side. And there's, there's not really much that I, can say about anybody on the team that everybody hasn't seen for themselves. Um, the midfield seems to be one of those that offers a lot of value. Yeah, yeah, but it, it's one of those things that everybody that's in that midfield is going to return at one point or another. If you can be okay with them missing the odd game here or there, I I think you could go with any one of those midfielders between both the Silvas, Mares, Raz, Kevin De Bruyne coming back. I know he didn't start this last game. I'm hoping that was just because of uh, Champions League minutes that Klopp is still kind of easing him back in. He's the the guy I have my eye on. Him and uh, Silva are the top two on my radar. I've seen a lot of people too asking questions about downgrading Aguero to Sterling, and if you're okay with Sterling missing the odd match. I know he missed the Burnley and Huddersfield matches, I believe is what it was. Two teams that seem to be a little, almost try and set up a little more defensive, so I'm not sure if there was a reasoning for that. But if, you, if you've got luxury transfers, I can't argue against dropping Aguero to Sterling. I mean, it's a straight swap, I believe, at 11.1. You can. Okay, let's <laughs> yeah. hear it. Well, he's it's Aguero, isn't it? I mean, he's come off in the last six games. Yeah, we, we know that, but it has progressively been getting more and more. If you look at it, he started off at coming off at 53 minutes, then 60, then a couple of 65s, then a 70 in the last game. So who knows? He may get 90 minutes in, in the next game. I don't think he can come off. He's still, even with those, the lack of game time, he's still, his stats are still the best. He's still joint second for shots in the last four, top for shots in the box in the last four. He's still got joint most shots in the, in the Spurs game with three. And he's top of the captain polls this week. He's only blanked this season against, looks like, just the top six side and Wolves. So, yeah, he's still the best option to have. He's, he's the best striker. And I, I just think that there's just so many points there to be had. And with the ownership as well, you've got to keep that in mind. He is selected by 51%. And if he does score well, you're going down. And, uh, yeah, he's my captain option for this week. I agree. He is my captain option as well. He does offer you a guaranteed start. I mean, is Jay, does Jesus even show up to the games anymore? I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. But, but the one thing that I do think Sterling has going for him is him playing in the mid- midfield does offer him extra potential attacking return points and defensive points. So in those odd games that, you know, he's, he starts 
which is he's only not started two, I do think that, you know, for the price, you are going to get more points if he does bang. But very valid arguments with Agro's ownership, him starting every game and him being the main man, it does seem like he is getting more minutes and that Pep's minutes management of minutes is uh, starting to loosen up on him. Yeah, I mean, I can't discount that Sterling's a great option. He's returning all all the time whenever he plays. You are going to be worried whenever he does get benched, but I think you can just take that on board. There's other options in the midfield, which I think can score as well, in terms of Hazard and Salah, who are playing for different teams, who are covering kind of those teams. I've never seen cover as like an option until maybe this, this game week when you've seen loads of teams out and then you think, well, they're scoring high. So, and they've, if you have a player in, in that team, you're definitely going to get some points out of it. For example, mm-hmm. Liverpool with Salah and Mane. But you, you can't deny that Sterling is still a great option. Or obviously, you shouted KDB and David Silva. David Silva is kind of one which I'm regretting selling. He's so involved in all of City's attacking plays. Listen to the stats here. Five chances created the most for all players this game week. He also got three shots as well, joint with Aguero. He just seems to be flying. It's just you do worry that whether he's going to come in and then KDB is going to uh, take his place, which he could start getting loads of points as well. I would just wait on KDB until he actually starts in the league, though. Moving back to Laporte, I do think that he is a great option. Pep's saying how he's left-footed, so it kind of builds their attack. It helps them build their attack for City. And Man City, just the best rules, attacking stats and all defending stats. You can go anyone there and, you know, you could potentially score big. Yeah. It's just the, who's going to consistently do it for you. We did, yeah, we did have some that. questions. We better quickly answer these questions. So, uh, yeah. no, no one you know, uh, has put, is Kun. No, they never are. Has Kun still captainable at home to Southampton now that we're pretty much sure he gets subbed off after an hour? Want to move him on for Sterling, but the ownership is scary. I think we've just kind of discussed that, and yes, he's definitely captainable. Uh, Callum J has put, should we be dropping Aguero to make room for another midfielder like Sterling? Aguero always first stub. Is a discount front, front free optional? Wilson and Artovich and Murray. Um, I don't think it is. I think that Aguero should be kept. But not to say that you can't go for those options just as something different. It's, it's your own game. So I, I would say that play it how you feel. I wouldn't do it. Others would. Um, as far as playing a cheaper front, a discount front three, I'm with you. I wouldn't be an advocate of it. If you want to go with, you know, Wilson, Arnie, or Mitro and Arnie, Arnie, Wilson, you know, Two of them, that, that's understandable, but I do think that if you have Aguero up top, you should be keeping him for the time being. But if you're looking for a luxury transfer and you like Sterling, I think you can go ahead and take the punt on it and, you know, who knows, it may pay off big time for you. But just be aware of the, the other side of the coin that if Aguero does bang, you're gonna, you're gonna feel it. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that as well. I think you'd only do that budget front three if you're, if at least four of your midfield said Hazard, Salah, Mane, and one of the big city hitters, like, like a Sterling or a Silver, yeah, it's it, it could work feasibly. But you know, if one of those players, like Justin says, goes big, it's just you, you fall so many places. I uh, can attest to this week not having Salah. So, yeah, be warned. Okay, chaps, really good um, discussion of City there. Loads of options. I'm going to speak for the pod and say we're not going to talk about Saints here. If any of you have any strong feeling on on the Saints, then please tweet us. But 
none of us have really come up with any ideas for them this week. So let's move on to a more fruitful Chelsea side who are looking very good at the moment. Justin, what are your thoughts on them and against Crystal Palace? I can really only see one winner. Chelsea should come away with this game. I'm going to think probably around the 3-1 mark. Uh, hopefully Hazard's back from his injury. I know he's one of those guys that his ownership shot up, especially after Salah was uh, missing on a couple games. He's now at 45.2% ownership, and 113 is what he's going to cost you. But I do believe he is leading the, the overall FPL as far as points go. He's on 75 points already this season, and he didn't even he hasn't even started every game. So I think that goes without saying that if you can and you want to, Hazard's the way to go in the midfield. Alonzo, if you have him, I'd hold off on possibly moving him out. I know people have looked at getting Mendy or Robertson if they don't already have him, or possibly swapping to another Chelsea defender. But he did come through in the last game. We got an assist and. He's still one of those that even with his price tag, as much as it hurts not seeing him return every couple of games, he, he's he's one I wouldn't move off of. One of the big guys on everybody's list, Ross Barkley. Yes. Yeah, we, we had a we had a question regarding that. Paul Mullins has just said, thought I'd never say these words, but is Ross Barkley becoming a must-have? So with that, I think he's played phenomenal the past couple games. Chelsea have got a couple people... Out in the midfield, I know, was it Pedro that just went out yeah, this week? Injured, yeah, And uh, Loftus-Cheek came in and did the business. But Barkley's one of those I'm still waiting on. As much as I love the fact that he's returned the past couple weeks, he hasn't started a ton of games this year. Looking at it now, it looks like he's only started four matches out of the 10 this year. So he's one of those that he's on fire and he's in form. And if you're looking to get into that Chelsea midfield and you don't have a lot of money or a lot of options, maybe you want to downgrade from like a Madison or somebody like that, by all means, at $5.8 million, you probably can't go wrong with him. But I do worry that whether he will actually start all the games going forward or whatnot, I mean, really, I think only Sari knows. So it's one of those that kind of watch and wait. Yeah, I mentioned it to my Chelsea friend. I speak to quite a lot about the Chelsea team, just saying that they need Barkley to start. And it looks like he is starting at the moment. I can't see why he's not an option going forward in terms of that price. It's not much of a risk. Obviously, you can see some rotation coming into play, and that will happen, but you've got to kind of cover that. It just, he seems to be informed, so it's almost like, you know, you've got to grab it while he's hot. Also, Sari is saying, uh, Ross is doing very well in this period. He's improved in a defensive phase and has improved in physical condition. He's a very good player from a technical point of view. Now I think Ross is complete. So that's a, that's a big shout from the manager there. Obviously, last game, four chances created. He's got three goals over the last four of three assists. He's actually got points per million of 4.9. It's just whether or not he can keep his cover switch out out the side. Also, Hazard's due back. Zola did say today he's uh, progressing. He's not playing uh, in the Carabao Cup, but he should be in contention for the weekend. And yeah, I agree with you on the Alonso shout. Um, I think that Stato actually doubled up on um, Chelsea defence in terms of David Luiz and Alonso. I just think that is an, is an option to go for, even with the likes of Rudiger, who's quite high on the attacking stats. But yeah, I would not remove Alonso. 
Do you guys think that paying the extra point four million for Rudiger over Luis is worth it? Um, no, I don't. But if you really kind of want to take a punt, he's he seems to get more attacking uh, shot attempts on goal than Luis. But yeah, Luis can score at any point as well, and especially being on free kicks as well. I, I do think as well, Rudiger's probably the sturdiest centre half they've got right now in terms of yeah. um, Sari being able to trust in someone back there. Certainly in the bigger games, you'd want in there over someone like David Luiz. So I think if you can afford it, then it's not a bad shout to go for him. But I'm guessing most people are going to be on Alonso if they're committing to a Chelsea defender. Mm. Okay. What about Palace then, chaps, their opponents? Justin? Uh, next three, they play Chelsea, Spurs, United. It's hard to see them coming away with a lot from either one of those three games. I do think that they're going to start getting more um, penalties coming up. We saw last year that after they finally broke the floodgates and got their first penalty that they seem to just keep rolling in every couple of games. I don't suspect this to be anything different this year. Zaha is kind of a dive merchant, and he's becoming pretty good at it. I do think that up front Zaha's having a hard time without having um, the likes. Why can't I think of his name now? Benteke. The other striker. Benteke. Benteke. I, I think they're having a harder time without Benteke in. I know he doesn't offer a ton of attacking returns, but he does hold the ball up. He's a big lad, and he, he keeps the ball fairly well at his feet, and he's good distributing to uh, Zaha coming down those wings. As far as their defense, if you own Juan Basaka, I'd kind of just leave him on your bench. You know, maybe come in as your fourth or fifth, you know, defender if you should need it. Or Van Anholt. Van Anholt looked very attacking the last game. Um, I know he came away with a goal a couple games back. Iceman was pretty happy about that. But as far as those three at Palace, not a real big shout for anybody else. They played well against Arsenal, but yeah, still no options for me. Wambasaka got the plaudits on match of the day, which was granted, and I can see some bonus points coming up for him in some games after these three games, so I'll just leave him on your bench for now. Okay, chaps, we've uh, we've got a lot of pod here, so we're not going to go too much into Huddersfield Fulham, the Monday night fixture, but I'm just going to come to each of you to give any comments on particular players in this one. So, Justin, anyone in that fixture? If you've got Mitrovic or Sherla, keep them. Wouldn't be looking to bring them in, but as far as that fixture goes, it's not one that I uh, I will be keeping a very close eye on. Okay, a nice man. No, no one's conceded this many goals after 10 game weeks in Fulham. So, yeah, definitely no one from their defence. But it's the Sherla-Mitra show. Um, whether or not you're going to keep them, I, I wouldn't bring them in because they're just not in good form. And, and anyone you think from, from Huddersfield, Iceman? Uh, just the fact that Lossell is letting in a lot of goals at the moment and Hamer at 4 mil might come into play now. So uh, be watching on that one. Okay, so that brings us to the end of our game week fixtures, which means it's time for the Iceman to take a leak. Thank you. And welcome back, a much lighter Iceman now. So let's sum up the game week. Bournemouth versus United, Brooks, Wilson and Fraser, the main names in that one, with Martial and Pogba, the performance for United. Cardiff versus Leicester, more Murphy, Effridge and Camarasa. 
potential cheap options for them against the Leicester side. We're still talking Maguire and Vardy with their fixtures. Everton, Pickford's look very good in goal uh, with Coleman and Siggy, other potential options. Um, we think stick on Richarlison. Taking on Brighton, uh, Murray, of course, a man up front if you want to commit to him and you fancy him in your rotation. Ryan and Duffy, also good defensive options. Um, Newcastle versus Watford. Um, really from Newcastle, though, we're keeping our eyes on Yedlin. From Watford's perspective, Delafeu could become good and be a steal at his price. And Decore showed some good form in the last few game weeks. West Ham versus Burnley. Arnautovic uh, is the one that we're talking about. They've got good defensive options, West Ham and Diop, Babwena and Fabianski, of course, in goal. Arsenal take on Liverpool, as usual. The, the, the only two from Arsenal, Aubameyang and Lacazette. We wouldn't move off them, um, but it depends on how much money you've got. Liverpool, of course, Mane and Salah could really exploit an awful Arsenal defence in this one. And we think you're pretty safe on the main full-backs of TAA and Robertson. Wolves take on Spurs. Doherty's the only one we're really looking at from, from Wolves in this one. Spurs keep hold of Trippier, but we're not thinking about bringing anybody in necessarily. City, well, we named many. So the main ones being Aguero, Silva, Sterling, cheaper options at the back in Stones and Laporte, Mendy's the, the golden one if you can afford him. And the Iceman is coy on KDB at this point. He wants to see how he does coming back. Saints we didn't even talk about. Chelsea, uh, Barclays the name on everyone's lips at the moment. And of course, Hazard and Alonso. We also discussed Rudiger. And in terms of their opponents, not so much for this game, but more as place fillers. PVA, Zaha and Obi-Wan still looks a really good cheap option. Huddersfield take on Fulham in which the Iceman wants you to keep your eyes out for Hamer. But Mitrovic and Charlotte, we wouldn't bring them in. But if you've got them, it's probably worth punting on them in this fixture. Nice sum up, Paul. Thank you. Captains and transfers then. Show. Sure, let's come to, sure. I guess, first, Justin, who are you transferring in this week? Who's your skipper? Uh, so I'm looking to possibly move on Madison, bring in Martial, and then I'm also looking at maybe moving Mitrovic out for Arnautovic. If I was to do anything at the back, I would be looking to maybe upgrade Bennett to a... Mendy, if I could, and I would say probably going to go Aguero as my captain this weekend. Nice. Iceman, they say keep keep your friends close, but better the devil you need to keep closer. Uh, is Aguero that devil? <laughs> um, yes, Aguero is the man that I'm captaining. My chances are whether or not I'm going to get rid of Wilson or Mitrovic. I think that it's going to be Mitrovic for Anasovic. I think I may just hang on to the other transfer. I do have two. I did plan it in to get rid of Alexander-Arnold down to a 4.5 to move Wilson up to Anasovic, but just his form, I just think I should keep. So yeah, I'm in, indecisive on, on that one at the moment, but I think it might be Mitrovic to Arnie and carry a transfer. Well, um, I guess just for me, um, I've got a lot of work to tinker with my team after an awful game week and how I've set myself up moving forward. But um, Justin opened the can of, can of worms on the City defence, and I've got a I'm going to lie in it. So I think I'm going to go for Mendy at the back. I think I've got to, for me, he's, he's got to be in at the moment. He's looking in great form, but now he's fit again. And I may even take a minus four and tinker with my midfield this week, but that's TBC. Skipper is going to be Sergio again. Um, 60 minutes against Saints is more than enough for me. 
Okay. So social media wise this week, we apologize. The pod has gone on for a country mile, which means uh, we really are running out of time. So we're going to try and answer on Twitter, pick up on questions next week. But what I am going to do is talk about our mini league. So you'll notice we have moved that. Thank you, TC, for that suggestion. So the Fantasy Football Surgery Podcast League. So let's go through the top 10. But first of all, I've just noticed we've got um, Dondinio's boy done good uh, is joining the league this week. Their manager is Barry Allen. So apparently uh, DC's Comics The Flash is joining our mini league. Very excited about that. <laughs> um, this week, excitingly, so, so last week we had to announce in the top 15, but Adam Gearing is in the top 10. Yeah, nice one. Nice work. Nice one. 82 points. Fantastic game week for you, sir. In 10th place, Liquid Football, Jack Cassidy is in 9th. Smelly Sane, Rory Scott. Is that our old school friend? <laughs> Could be. Is that Rosa Scott? We'll have yeah. to ask um, he's an eighth. Uh, trying to give up Fanta from Michael Taylor. I love that. Uh, Jack Moore, Iceman's Jimmy Riddle is in sixth place. You have to stay in the top ten for Manta. Fifth place, we've got Victor Moses Lord with Chase Stone. <laughs> have I read that before? Uh, I think so, yeah. Oh, well, it's tickled me this week. <laughs> Beardsley's Pochese, Ian Cooper's in fourth. Blank Lacazette tape, yes, he did over the weekend. Uh, from Tom Horner, who we're going to come back to in a second, is third. Murdo's 11, Ian Murden in second, and me, myself, and Ibe in first. Very strong. So that's the mini league, um, and that leads us into uh, our feature on Tom Horner for the feedback box. So, Tom, uh, your feedback, very kind of you this week, has made it into said box. So, Tom Horner on Twitter, um, he has put first time back in the surgery top 10 since game week one. Welcome back, Tom. Um, he's put best FPL pod out there bar none. Bully and the Iceman, the perfect combo. Great guests on the pod. Perfect balance of humour and serious FPL chatter. And, and a tick for Icemandia. Hashtag up the pod. That is the <laughs> perfect feedback. That is, it is. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. Really appreciate that. Justin Dye, you've created an absolute legacy with this idea. <laughs> I uh, thank you. <laughs> it, it's a regular feature. It's in. Okay, Iceman, sexy thoughts. What's he got for us? Hold on, are you crediting Justin for our uh, feedback? Yeah, I'm pretty box? sure it was Brian. Uh, the feedback box was my idea. <laughs> I was crediting Justin for Icemandia. Oh, Icemandia. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's, that, what, that's a tipster. Oh, that, 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 was, that was Brian's idea, though. Uh, that's what I thought. He's trying yeah. to blame me. Yeah, yeah. Shifting the blame. You, it remains a mystery. Yeah. You notice well, who carries it on. <laughs> so, Iceman, uh, let's hear some sexy thoughts. Yeah, let's hear it. Hold on. I will play it now. Yeah, sexy, sexy thoughts. This week's sexy thoughts goes out to Kiko Firmina, a Watford fullback. He got me 12 points. I didn't have him five minutes before the deadline. I was happy with my team. Had two free transfers. Didn't want to waste a transfer. So I jumped in the FPL surgery Patreon Slack channel. Some great players were in there five minutes before the deadline to help me make the decision to bring him in. Swapped out Juan B. So shout out goes to at Justin Dye, at Banana Nose Maldonado, at Captain Kingpin. Thanks for that, boys. Also, got to say, sexy thoughts goes out to Sydney FC this week. Winning the derby again against West Sydney Wanderers. Again. You. Thank you very much, Sexy. It just shows being in that Slack channel does help last-minute changes towards the end, towards the deadline. Yeah, top man, Sexy. Awesome to have your uh, usual sexy voice on the podcast. 
So that brings us to the end. Another FPL surgery. I nearly said it again. Another <laughs> surgery in terms of getting in contact. So we haven't mentioned it so far this week, but join um, join the podcast and support us on patreon.com forward slash FPL surgery. Get involved with all the chatter on there. As you've just heard, you can get a little bit of an edge, exclusive access to the Iceman's wisdom, plus all of our guests, multiple top 10K finishes in there, chances of winning monthly prizes and bigger end of season prizes as well. Any donation or any support, no matter how small, uh, just helps us to grow the podcast. And with, with that one as well, it's probably best waiting till uh, Friday to actually join because if you join before Friday, we'll actually charge you on the Thursday, on the 1st. It does do it at the start of every month. So you can join on the Friday and effectively you've got kind of a, a whole month's free if you join and then don't fancy it by the end of the month. You can always opt out before you actually do get charged. So uh, yeah, just join on Friday if you are interested. Uh, that's the notes for next week new trial period for mm. patreon so yeah take advantage of that join the fancy football surgery mini league 225-369 visit our website fplsurgery.com you can find us on facebook soundcloud and reddit just look for fpl surgery twitter is where most of our activity happens at fpl surgery and subscribe to us on itunes and give us any feedback on there anything good or bad that we can do to make things better or anything you like leave us a feedback for the feedback box please do make them funny and also emails can go to info at fpl surgery for more serious inquiries or complaints i want to thank our guest justin die for joining us once more thank you justin Thanks, guys, for having me back on. Always a pleasure. Yeah, Justin, if people want to, uh, people of the FPL community want to share opinion or ask you questions, where can they do that? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at die underscore 1622, but the best way to talk to me and find out what I've got in my mind on FPL is through the uh, FPL surgery Slack channel. I mean, I'm in there every day, a whole hours of the day. There's tons of great people. It's just the best group of guys a lot of good ideas going back and forth in there and then a lot of good banter in the free time as well so hit me up on one of those two and uh yeah i'd love to talk to everybody and hopefully be back on the pod again here soon yeah and once again to that in this episode loads of really good ideas have been good having you on board again so iceman that brings us to the end of another podcast not wisdom just any final comments before we head out into the abyss um no okay and on that bombshell thanks for listening good luck in your game weeks and we'll speak to you next week yeah up the pod up the pod up the pod